Greetings, PVIC. Welcome to the Post Church Podcast, a time where we reflect on the Sunday sermon and answer some practical questions. My name is Neil, and I'm here with Pastor Sean and Pastor Billy. We are still in the King and Kingdom series, uh, continuing in the Gospel of Matthew, now in the second section of the parables. So we're now in chapter Matthew chapter 13, 13. verses 24 to 30, and... Possibility. Take it away. Thanks, Neil. So here we come to the second of the parables um, that we're looking in this series within the series. And the parable of the weeds, which is where we're at, is similar in some ways to the parable of the sower, which we looked at last week. Both have a sower, seed, wheat, a harvest. Both are explained by Jesus. However, the parable of the weeds brings us face to face with the return of King Jesus and his judgment. So if we have ears to hear, we can understand that the judgment of God is part of the good news of the gospel and can lead us down a road that helps us comprehend the mercy, patience, and love of God in Christ. All right. So the first question, Pastor Billy, um, you know, this uh, the parable of the weeds, as you mentioned, um, brings us face to face with the return of the king and his judgment. We're talking about judgment here. So um, when we, I want to bring it to like you know our just regular church, the people of the church and Christians that. Um, talk about you know their own salvation and then they are saved um the assurance that they have is it wrong for christians to pinpoint and look at others and say is it wrong to say that oh man he's he's not doing what the bible says it's he's gonna go to hell so is is that something uh how would we uh answer that or yeah yeah so there are a couple pieces there we need to kind of dissect right one is <clears throat> you mentioned about the self-assessment of one's own mm. salvation or eternal state or destiny, right? So you mentioned that. Right. Then you, so that's kind of an internal look. Mm. Then you talked about an external look where we look at someone else and make some kind of judgment, either one about their their way of life the way they are living their obedience and secondarily what that might mean in for, uh, in, a, in so much as their their salvation or their eternal destiny okay so i think <clears throat> we can kind of have to look at these two things separately so first you look at the internal look is there um is there okay is there an is there an assurance mm-hmm. Can we have an assurance of our own salvation, right? Is this is, is that something that's off uh, off track? Uh, no, right. If you look in Scripture, right, that the our our assurance of our, our salvation is something that the Spirit of God works in us, right, to have, and then we're called to sort of work out our salvation and we're called to make our calling and election sure. So the spirit of God works in us 
and we can have that assurance of salvation and then we also um you know make uh that sure in our um discipline as we as we live right through you know so you could call it grace-fueled effort if you will right so yeah so in that internal look right that that's biblical right that makes sense now the external look when you're looking at somebody else the question is can we make any determinations about how someone is living or whether they are obeying or how they're living uh, uh yes right especially in the context of christian community um you know we spent some time in the sermon on the mount talking about judging and the idea was that um we don't judge at all right it was this idea that make sure we're doing self-examination and that we are approaching our uh, god in a way of humility before we make any sort of assessment so yeah so we can look out and we can call out you know um lovingly of course right in the context of christian community error right and and sin and call it for what it is right when we talk about this parable the question is to be cautious to assume this the seat of the throne as the judge to call out the eternal destiny of someone based on that right we're looking at a point in time and we can call out sin and we can call out what is obedience or what is not but then to then assume the throne assume the judgment seat if you will and then say well that person's out or that person's in right to do that like that's a, something we should that we, we should be cautious about that right i think that's kind of the the guidance that we can get here I think what's also important is the intention behind a statement like Neil had mentioned. Oh, that person is going to hell. Mm. What's the reason for saying something like that? Is it to guard other Christian brothers and sisters from a false teaching? Mm. Is it because you genuinely care for that person's soul and you're, you're in prayer for that person to see the light of the gospel and the light of the truth? Or is there, is it kind of rooted in a in a bitterness and an anger, or something else altogether? Do you, do you think that that's important? Yeah, I mean, if we go back to motivations, mm-hmm. of course, right? Um, so when we when we judge in a way where we have not rightly looked within ourselves, right? All those things can happen, right? I think about that, and I think about someone who in themselves has things they need to work out Mm -hmm. right and then it's a projection sort of thing right definitely it can happen so the motivation like where is that all coming from and i think that's why it's so important to see god as the as the judge right to not shy away from meditating upon judgment meditating upon god as the judge because the more you do that and you see him seated in his right place as the Mm -hmm. judge and it puts you then in the appropriate place and gives you a better opportunity to engage um, with others and how we, you know, enter into relationship with others and and view others and correct others and go about that. If we don't have that first uh, look at God as the judge and understand that rightly, then uh, oftentimes our attempts at correction and our attempts at dividing what's what, you know, will fall flat. 
another question. You spoke about weeds that are growing that are actually a poisonous counterfeit. This, I think, speaks to a greater point about sin itself, that there really is no originality in sin. Sin itself is a deformity of what's good. It's not authentic. Um, when you think of lies, they're a perversion of the truth. When you think about lust and pornography, they're a perversion of what sexuality is as God defines it. How can this kind of an understanding of sin help us in our day-to-day walk to really see sin for what it actually is? Yeah, I, I think of the word counterfeit, right? That's the word that jumps into my mind. Um, something that has the appearance of what is uh, good or substantive, but really there is nothing of value in it, right? It's actually vacuous, right? And that, so that's that's the idea. Um, I, I think that's that's so important for us to understand because you look in this parable, um, and as Jesus says it, right, he brings up an enemy, right? It's clear. He tells us that enemy is is the devil, right? So to have this understanding, right, that we exist in the, in a spiritual context, right, there's a, there's a spiritual battle going on, and that um, we should be uh, aware, right, we shouldn't be naive, and that this sort of counterfeiting is tried and true tactic of the enemy from the beginning. And that's a through line throughout uh, throughout the scripture, right? Um, so if it's important for us to be aware of that, right? Because then we're then we're going into things with eyes wide open, right? We're not, um, you know, we should not be easily fooled, fooled, right? We should not be easily easily swayed or right? easily taken off the track because we are aware that there are tactics and schemes of the enemy that that he would be actively you know, working against uh, the kingdom. So that being said, then we're in a better position because we say it's not just about uh, the overt evil that, that you know, overtly, like, looks opposed. We need to test. We need to look at something and go, hey, on the surface, this looks like there's value. Let me let me dig deeper here, right? Let me test this against Scripture. You know, let me do that work because I know that there are counterfeits out there, right? So it's that active sort of Christianity, not a passive sort of Christianity, right? We would not want to be lulled into a Christianity that's that's passive, that we're just sitting back. We want to be active and that's that's one thing having that understanding that sin is this counterfeit that conceptually that idea i think helps us in our walk for sure in order to tackle that the counterfeit right i know you mentioned this about you it comes back to the judgment and it's hard sort of hard to differentiate like some people may have that a wrong motivation we would think of the fear of being judged so it's like like you mentioned like fear makes us comply or 
the whole fear fertilizes the weed that's planted. So in order to tackle the counterfeits, like how do we some how do how, what's the motivation like how can we not make it feel like fear is b- not to have the fear but the right kind of motivation yeah, yeah, that, yeah. you know because you can get sure lost in that yeah of course right right it goes back to just this idea that um when you talk about motivation that we we obey mm. not to make God love us, but we obey because God loves us, right? It's, it's, and that's not that's not just wordplay, right? It's not just mm-hmm. syntax, right? It comes back to, you know, to, to motivation, right? I mean, that's really what's going to be, right? If we're operating in a fear mindset, right, then, yeah, all, all of our work and striving is to garner the love of god and then that is a way of living that is hard that's hard living right that is like burdensome living whereas the other way love is the reason it's the motivator it's the it's the source from from where our obedience flows like we're free to obey right and it's 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 a distinction that i think you know is uh you know it's it's, that's important it's important for us to kind of stop and meditate and think if we just get into again passive christianity right we just get into you know get into the motions run of the mill right if we're not actively sort of um so you talk about the counterfeit how to deal with it right the only way you're going to be able to deal with counterfeit is if you can clearly understand what the true what the true is right what's true right so when, if you're yeah. looking at a, a counterfeit hundred dollar bill you don't know it's a counterfeit unless you look at the original and compare yeah. it yeah that's the only way to to know that it's yeah. counterfeit yeah you need the standard so you can you can spend all, all this time like obsessing over the counterfeit but go back to what is true. Live with it. Know it. Understand it. Right? And that's why, you know, living out our faith in Christian community, in the context of community, being rooted and grounded in God's word, all of that is our, we're being immersed in truth. And so with the idea that when the counterfeit arises, we are not easily tricked. We go, ah, there it is i see it you know and we're not um you know we're not foolish in that sort of way right we're we're wise in that sort of way all right thank you pastor sean and pastor billy um that was very fruitful pastor billy uh what are some questions that we can uh, think about for this week so first um how might meditating on judgment and and hell right conceptually uh, more than we do now impact the urgency with which we approach life. That's first. And secondly, um, is just to think, how often do you make determinations about who is, quote-unquote, wheat 
and who is weed. Um, what might this reveal about the state of your own heart? And then thirdly, um, just to pause and thank God for his patience towards you. You know, I think we'd stop and just take a moment to think about that. I know as I was working through the sermon, for me, I took I definitely took time to think and meditate upon that. So to do that and then and then think where have you seen his patience exemplified in your life? Uh, I think it's good to kind of sometimes stop and take stock of that. So that would be the last question. Thank you, Pastor Billy. Um, and until next Sunday, let us strive to live all of life to the glory of God. <laughs>